0: Welcome back to the Pinstripe Podcast. I'm Scott. I'll be your host. Lexi is in here. She's playing softball in Florida. Look, it's a chaotic day. It is the day, the top day. Marketing in history books. The dark ages have ended. Officially, the MLB lockout has come to a close. CBA agreements are concluded. They just need to sign off, but all agreements are made. And it it's a bright day. It's a great day for some baseball and you know there's there's so much to talk about right now I'm extremely hype on day 99 of the lockout they decide to go and get their shit together so yeah ton of things to talk about ton of things through agreements um, you know updated schedules and all things like that so let's take our time take a breather <sighs> And let's get right into it. First thing that I wanted to talk about is some of the more smaller agreements that have happened. MLB and Apple have agreed to a deal that would include streaming to eight different countries, which A, will expand baseball a little bit, but also will include a Friday night baseball doubleheader night that they will go and stream out so then you know it's it's very similar to how most of these other companies will kind of similar to sunday night baseball how we have it you know this big event kind of thing that they try to do they'll have friday night baseball as their way to go and kind of spread the the game of baseball across all away Fans will also be able to enjoy, quote, MLB Big Inning is a live show featuring highlights and look-ins airing every weeknight during the regular season. So it seems very similar to most other, uh, like, you know, sports between games kind of thing, like nothing too major. But the best part about this is it's free from local broadcast restrictions so you don't have to worry about getting cucked anymore um (laughs) it's pure through Apple TV Plus but you know if you have that uh which I bet some people have it and they don't even realize they have it you know you could go and, and get some free double headers that you don't have to worry about being too close to the stadium for that's the first minor thing Second minor thing, and this is a, big, a bit of a bigger thing, but still small at the same time. A little bit complicated to say it that way. The MLB, after they postponed the season a little bit because there was no uh, agreement, decided to fund a million dollars to support workers affected by the, the cancellation of the spring training games. Million dollars seems like a lot of money. I mean, come on, it's a it's a million. That's a lot of zeros. But it it honestly really isn't. And like, it looks like a, it's a good thing that MLB did. Like, hey, it's great they're giving this money back. But me and a friend of mine did this did, did quick little math, and anybody could do the math here. A million dollars divided by the thirty two teams gives each team thirty one thousand dollars. You have thirty-one thousand dollars, two hundred and fifty. Well, thirty-one thousand two hundred and fifty dollars to spread among an entire stadium worth of workers who are affected. And we again, we're just like, ah, we don't know. We'll throw a number out there about two hundred, which is about like, uh, if you two hundred workers would get a hundred and fifty-six dollars each for the two weeks that they missed. That's an estimate. Of course, I'm probably wrong. I feel like there might be less, there might be more. I don't know. I'm don't have an accurate an accurate guess enough to know exactly how many workers go into these spring training games. But still, seems like MLB cut them out a little bit. But I mean, uh, what's new with MLB's going and not caring enough about paying their minor league slash, you know non-major league workers but you know, at least it's something you could say. Um, so yeah, it, it's I probably have numbers wrong, which makes it seem worse, but hopefully hopefully I have numbers wrong in the higher direction of workers rather than I'm lowballing workers. Along with this, MLB did come to an agreement just earlier this week about some non-CBA agreements. So there were agreements set before, you know, the big one. So they were still in lockout, and we had some rule changes that would be implemented. And there are three of them, two of which are minor, one of which rocks the world. So the first one is new bases, and... These bases would be three inches larger, and which really isn't, you know, doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but it's perfect in that way that it doesn't make that big of a deal. The purpose of it is to encourage more base stealing, and to create a safer, like you know, place, a safer situation um, for all players. The purpose of like encouraging base stealing is because it's it's bigger, you have a better shot, but it doesn't just give a blatant advantage. It's just three inches. It's just the small amount that you know you you are closer on both ends. So runners will be a little more a little more incentivized to go and steal, but there is no blatant advantage to stealing. And going back to what I said about the safety, you have a wider base a wider place to for both the defense and the offense to step on i think of an event like what happened during the world series i'm pretty sure it was um with yeah it was a it was a world series max freed going and getting a pfp well it's a it's it's not pfp but like getting a Going in kind of that situation, ground ball the first, he runs over the bag, catches it, and his foot takes up the entire bag, and the Astros runner steps right on his um, his ankle and kind of does like a really, really twisted it in a really weird way. I don't know how he kept playing, but situations like that. So now the pitcher has more room to step, and the batter has more room to avoid it. So there are little minor things like that, I think it's actually a really great improvement to create more safety and to try to make the game a little more entertaining. Go along with more entertaining. Not directly making the game more entertaining rather than less boring with this next thing that they added. They're adding a pitch clock. There is going to be two settings in the pitch clock. It is going to be with runners on and no runners on. It is going to be a 14-second pitch clock with no runners on and a 19-second pitch clock with runners on. Again, I think this is great. I don't pay attention. I'm going to be honest. I don't pay attention enough to see what pitchers really push the limits of the pitch clock to know if it will be helpful or not. But I think 14 seconds is enough where it's plenty enough to be able to go, get your sign, set up, know where you want to pitch, take a deep breath, and throw. 14 is plenty enough. I, know, I I think that's perfect. And 19, I think the extra five seconds really gives it because you're going from the stretch, so you're not going to have as long of a windup. And along with that, it doesn't make it too much of a, of a breakdown to the point where runners can start jumping pitchers a lot easier, but it does give them the opportunity to potentially drop uh, jump a pitcher. And so those are two great things added. The pitch clock just speed the game up a little bit make it a little less boring a little less long and the extra base or the extra area on the bases to make things safer and encourage again encourage but not give an advantage to runners and safety as a whole now the last one the last addition is extremely controversial And you hear mixed things from everybody. And that is the banning of the shift. Joey Gallo probably had a massive part of that one. So yeah, exactly that. With the point that we're at right now, there is no exact details, um, especially since when this is coming out, the CBA was just signed literally an hour ago. But there's no... Finite details of what they mean by banning the shift. All that means that we know is that the shift will be banned in some way. The assumed idea is that it's going to break down infield and outfield a lot more. And so they're trying to limit to have, you have to have four players in the infield and they cannot touch the outfield grass. And that is the rule. So I don't think that that'll take away too many people on one side. But they could. They could add that as well. Again, not a ton of information. But taking the shift away is absurd. It is just, I I find it absurd. But I feel like there's going to be so many people who are like, oh, yeah, but it makes the game less entertaining. Yeah, but you know what? Joey Gallo said it himself. Oh, he can't get as many doubles or triples. Well, Joey Gallo, you just need to hit the ball in general first. Worry about hitting the ball before you worry about hitting the ball into the shift or anything like that. But anyways, I think that the idea of the shift is 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 a genius idea because that's the whole point of it is it's a mathematical, a statistical breaking of a person. They go, hey, this person loves to pull the ball. Let's go and prepare our defense for him to pull the ball. And... That's just using information that they have, and there's no other thing. It's not like they're forcing the batter to go and pull the ball at that situation. The batter has all ability and all right to go and hit the ball in the open field. And I just, that's how, that's my outlook on it. I guess everybody else has their own outlooks, and I guess the players themselves are just tired of it or something like that, that they would go and have to ban shifts entirely because of it. Now I do understand if they want to limit the rule with the shift because something that gets brought up a lot is Manny Machado and like how the Padres will go and put him in right field or whatever and then shift everybody in the outfield over. I understand that in the idea that a lot of these times they'll call time out and change his glove. That I think is stupid. I think you can take that out because that, again, slows the game down. We're looking... that Those are the things that our main goals are for rules, is make the game faster, make the game more entertaining. And I understand taking the shift out may be like, oh, you know, you take a single away because your second baseman's in right field. Why don't he hit it to third base? Why doesn't he hit it to shortstop? Why doesn't he bump the ball, Robinson Cano style? You're looking at all of these things that are possible, or just learn to not pull the ball. You're a professional athlete. You are one of the best athletes. One of the best ba- you are the best baseball players in the entire world. Learn, adjust, adapt. I f- that's my opinion. And I guess I'm I'm very passionate about it. And that's my view of it. But at the same point, I feel like people would agree, but I feel like a lot of a lot of people agree with me and a lot of people disagree with me. There, it's a full split between how people see it and I just I just think it's a little too much to ban an entire defensive strategy when it's smart and it doesn't actually break the game. It doesn't It doesn't break the game because the batter has all ability to not go towards the shift. It's similar, like, will that ban... Like, my question immediately was if it banned all dif- defensive shifts. So can you just not have a double play depth? Like, are you locked in a position? I mean, no, it's not how it works, but... It it is going to be interesting to see how they do it if they do four infielders or if they're like hey you can only have this many people on this side of the bag which I think that was another thing that was um, theorized or st- like you know in the minors when they were going and trying all this stuff out but you know it'll be it's going to be interesting to see what happens exactly to continue to continue let's go to the official agreements that were set today, because there were a few, a few added agreements now that CBA is more centralized, completed, and these are locked-in ideas. We are going to now see the pushback of opening day, of course, that was known a little bit, and now it's just official. Opening day is now April 7th, but we will have a full 162. Thank the Lord God damn I miss a whole 162. That was almost a risk to have it two out of three years. Spring training will start. Um, spring training camps, sorry will start on March 11th, which is when this episode comes out and that's really optional because you know it's one day they gave people like five hours to go and get a plane trip down to down to uh, training camp. but the mandatory date is March 13th which will be Sunday. Along with that, thirteen the thirteenth is the mandatory date to show up. The seventeenth is when games start. We're getting right into it. Cannot wait. We're gonna see some MLB baseball. Right as the CBA is signed, just you know, agreed upon, you just got people writing and all, they all know what's gonna happen. They just need to officially sign it once the two parties sign it free agency begins the chaos begins we will go and see people like carlos correa freddie freeman trevor story all go and get signed real quick real quick and it is going to be chaotic and so entertaining and i can't wait for us to make probably a mistake but we'll see um playoffs and this is a big one now We're getting now into the the actual game, the rules similar to the ones I was talking about before with the bases, the pitch clock, the shift. These are the in-game rules. Playoffs now are extended to 12 teams. So this adds two more to what we had. And we'll go and, you know, it's not the full, like we had COVID year where, you know, we're having... Nine games go off. We have we have four wildcard games and then four more games and then four more games. Um, it adds more playoff teams, which is interesting because out of the you know you have your one thirty two still under half, which is always good. You never want half of the league to get in. That's just getting a little bold. Um, but the way that it would work. Would be including a first round buy, so the only teams that would get a top a, a buy would be that for that top league. So it'd be very similar setup. You'll have the wild card teams, and you have all other teams play at the same time. So you're not gonna have wild. You're not really gonna have wild card teams. Uh, everybody will just play. Well, you'll do, technically you will you will have wildcard teams just each of them will play a division like you know one of the top players or one of the top teams from the division and you'll just kind of create a little bit a little bit of chaos but at the same time you're adding more teams you're having more games you can't complain Especially, I think that's especially important with how we've seen the last like five years of playoffs. You know, we see a team like the Braves, who are a low win team, to go and make a playoff run. You saw the Nationals, a wild card team, go and make a playoff run. And I think this gives some teams an opportunity to show themselves off, but also at the same time, you'll have a lot of teams that just don't deserve to be there that will just get kicked out immediately. And I think that's kind of the one place where it brings a little. A little bit of controversy, but I don't see an issue with it. I think it's fine. Then again, you know, we would have had a very different end of the season last year if we had 12 teams instead of 10. But the last thing that is going to be added is, we mentioned this a little bit, I'm pretty sure, no more pitchers hitting. There is now a DH entirely league-wide, which I think is great. I think it was useless to have pitchers pitch or pitchers hit. I think sometimes it would be entertaining. Like, you know, you had like Madison Bumgarner and like, you know, of course, Shohei Otani. But besides that, like, you know, it, it's a wasted spot. And most of the time you just have pitchers throwing and they're just throwing to nothing. To a guy who doesn't know what he's doing up there And just is kind of like throwing around the bat And might get a single here or there You'll get the the Padres Relief pitcher who has a home run But you really don't get enough consistency Where I see a purpose Behind going and having A pitcher hit But you know Yeah stuff happens So <laughs> Massive day I'm still kind of in shock But I had a whole thing planned today. You know, I had a whole setup plan where I'm like, you know, we're at 100 days once this episode comes out. There's college baseball going on. Love college baseball. Go and check me out ESPN Plus on Wednesday. High Point Plays, West Virginia. Just saying. Um, But, you know, it's rocked the world. By the time that I can mention college baseball, we'll have spring training starting. Well, not really. But close enough. Next Thursday is when the games first start, which that is the 17th. But, you know, just saying if you wanted to, there is some good college games going out, going around. Um, And I think that this has actually been really good for college. I've mentioned that before, that this lockout has helped college baseball a ton. I don't think people took it serious enough. College baseball is entertaining, those guys are all passionate as hell about what they do and it's so entertaining and sometimes it gets out of hand you know my college has lost 15 to 5 and also like 18 to three but you know there are games that are really good um, Texas State or yeah Texas State beating Texas and then throwing the horns down is amazing Liberty. Highly recommend watching them as well. They're a very entertaining team. Um, you know, you're just getting, you get so much more passion. I feel from the college kids, at least right now, of course, because a there's no baseball, and B it's gonna be spring training. You're not gonna get any passion from spring, from spring training. But highly recommend watching some college baseball. It's great. It's entertaining. It's wild. You never know what you're gonna get. You might go and see the announcers start talking about his top five or top four sandwiches that he's ever had in his life. Shout out Harris Eisenberg. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it. just saying, if you have your downtime, you're missing baseball like everybody else is, and you still have a few more days until spring training starts or even during spring training because honestly, honestly you don't always want to watch spring training games. But if you want to, you can. If you don't want to, always feel welcome to go and watch some college baseball i i i feel like college baseball gets disrespected too much and i mean that's the whole point of what i've been talking about here but you don't see it anywhere they're never broadcasted on espn everything's avoided and you got some great games and some real great entertainment going on in the college baseball world but yeah I feel like that's about all that that needs to be said during this episode. I'm still in awe. I'm still in shock. I could probably go and keep talking and find things to talk about. But I'm so, so shocked. And I was so prepared to talk about literally anything else. Because I was fully expecting to go through another week of CBA BS. Probably another month of CBA BS. But my world got rocked. In the best way possible. Have a great day. Everybody's going to have a great day. Baseball starting. The year is heading. It's happening. It's happening. And we got some mad, mad, mad free agent signings coming within the next few days. And I cannot wait to talk about them, to go and post about them. Make sure you follow our Instagram, Pinstripe.podcast. Go and just keep a heads up about everything that's going to be going on because it will get crazy. Along with that, I, how did I forget this? There are a few more agreements that did happen along with, you know, the things that I just mentioned. And some, the most important things, nine, uh, nine inning double headers, and there's no more runner on second rule in extras. That is the best thing. That is what is, what is important. No more motherfuckers on second base to start extra innings and then you go and you hit a single and the game's over already. We're gonna have real, real extra inning games, and I cannot wait for it. And it is going to be so amazing. The nine the nine inning doubleheader is still gonna be a lot. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot to watch and a lot to play. But the the no runner on second is the best rule to ever to, to be destroyed. Um and I cannot wait God, just talking about it is getting me so hyped for the season. So again, Pinstripe.podcast, go. Check us out on Instagram. We're going to have all the updates of the episode. Now we're going to have baseball to talk about. We're not going to be making 20-minute episodes. We're going to be making 40-minute making episodes, maybe. Maybe hour-long. Probably not an hour long, but we're going to we're gonna making real episodes soon and actually have baseball to talk about, and we're going to have baseball to post about and Baseball's here, baby. Baseball is back, and I cannot wait for this year to start. I cannot wait to get to actually talking about baseball again, to watch baseball again, and ah, I'm just rattling on at this point because I it, it's mind-boggling that we are finally, finally out of the dark ages of the CBA lockout, but that is all that I have to say again. Pinstripe Podcast on Instagram, wherever you're hearing this on, go and share it. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your neighbors, tell your workers. Get the word out because the season's starting and it's going to be a good day. It's going to be a good week. I can't wait to see what happens. But yeah, for the Pinstripe Podcast, I've been Scott. I'll see you guys next week with some, hopefully, some crazy news. Bye.